This is Alan Bishop, head alchemist at Spirits of French Lake Distillery. We're glad to introduce to you our newest bottled and bond bourbons, the Lee W. Sinclair Four Grain Bourbon and the Maddie Gladden High Rye Bourbon. As always, these two bourbons are deeply rooted in the history of our location in the Black Forest of Southern Indiana. Always double pot distilled, never chill filtered, made using the finest grains, alternative and historic yeast strains that we propagate ourselves, and the methodology that once made Southern Indiana an epicenter of American distilling. Matured gracefully in 53-gallon number 2 char, new American oak barrels, using a low 105 entry proof. The Lee Sinclair presents an oak forward profile, which pushes forward the definition and conversation about bourbon possibilities. While the Maddie Gladden graces us and demonstrates respect with her 35% rye mash bill, it's not just the spirits in the bottle, it's the spirits of the place. Respect the grain and drink responsibly. Woo! We are here for another podcast of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys with a special guest for the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Because uh, Bill Hockett of Dayton Barrel Works is with us, along with Xavier has come down, and we are here at the Dayton Barrel and Works. It's a party now. Yeah. For, for no, Oh, yes, definitely. What he has a taste, and I'm looking over. We've got uh, in the front there some of the spirit, his spirits, but also there's those white label spirits, which are always so much fun to... Lab samples. Yes, and, and, and it's like we're, we're super excited. Uh, Bill invited us down uh, for this uh, bourbon event that they're having uh, at the Dayton Barrel Works. And we've already been here since uh, uh, about 10 o'clock and got the tour. And we've also got to taste a little bit. So Just we're having a, a lot bit. of fun. And uh, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks. Oh. thanks for having me on. Uh, we've known each other for like a couple of years since I was at Gervasi. Yeah, yeah, right. When you we were about the time I was leaving Gervasi. Yeah, Jan- it was like that January. Hours, yeah, yeah, so it bounced. It works out. out. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> right before the world turned to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it was uh, uh, it was because I live virtually. It, we live virtually four minutes away from Gervasi, and we spend a lot of time there on Sunday night. We love to go there Sunday night for the music, and then it's little bit Tip laid back, back for us that. older fellas, you know, yeah. but at the Not same time, ancient, you know. uh, Not what, <laughs> you know, so, so initially in between you and Shay, we were able to talk to, uh, the, she was, uh, the head of Mar Jennifer, was it uh, Jennifer? Probably Jennifer. Yeah, we talked, yes, Jennifer, I got a hold of and got a tour of what you had done. And then they were talking about what was coming. And then we were there, uh, Shay, Pride Mart had taken over the distilling, right. and uh, you know we were able to get in there right when they introduced your rum barrel bourbon. Uh, that was which was it was spectacular. Yeah, I left uh, let's see the rum barrel finish, and then their uh, their cognac cast, the brandy barrel finish that they released. Those were still in barrel when I left. Mm. Yeah. Right, right, and then the the final thing that eight year was. <laughs> oh yeah, those were good. Those were two barrels that I cherry picked and held back. Those are really good barrels. That, that's yeah. I, I think that the I had a little sip the other night. I've got one about quarter of the way left, and then I have another because I just was like, I'm not letting this go because it was going so fast. Oh yeah, there's only yeah, yeah. two barrels. So yeah, and and being right there, I so I've got that coveted back there, knowing <laughs> it was yours. But then. Uh, we kind of through that eight year, you were kind of letting me know, you know, when are they going to release it? They delayed it for a while. So it got a little bit older, I guess. Nice. And then but once it was but we kind of um, talked back and forth on social on uh, it's Facebook Messenger, I find is a fantastic 
especially a distiller's. Um, the, a lot of the the master distillers have messenger, right. and if you become friends with them, which that you can contact them through, you know, for the podcast. And now that we're starting to get known, like people have heard of us, it's kind of great because you just contact them and all of a sudden. Not only have people heard of us, but some actually admit to knowing us. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Where do you get somebody who likes you? Pretty impressive. Well, <laughs> most people like us because I just don't, I, you know, as a podcaster now, uh, two times a week, I'm, uh, but the tasting aspect of it is just, I have to, really watch when I'm tasting. Otherwise I'm going to be, you know, I could get, so I drink less and less for the podcast to do my tastings because it used to be, you know, a couple pours or whatever. And now it's like you get so many different samples. Then he has to edit out that sound when his head hits the microphone and all that stuff. The snoring. No, I find, I find the best podcasts are when you're doing four or five samples and you start to Start to get uh, primed. It really kind of gets into some good entertaining. Uh... Well, I've got an array of things for you to try today. Yeah, it's going to get entertaining. So we get to the event. So that's you're going to be feeling good later. Yeah. To start us off. We don't want to go all the way back to the primordial soup, but you're Bill Hockett. This is Dayton, Dayton Barrel Works, and you are the master distiller here. Uh, head, dist- head distiller. Master distiller is made up. I agree with Alan on that. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, it's a marketing a point. History about. Uh, uh, so Dayton Barrel Dayton Works, Works, it's an extension of Dayton Beer Company. Uh, Pete Hilgeman opened Dayton Beer Company in Kettering, Ohio, nine years ago, and then moved here to downtown Dayton five years ago to this location. So now the brewery is next door, and two years ago he was able to get the building we're in now. Um, so now it has brewery in a building, then the beer garden, and then the distillery, and we have the cocktail bar at the very end. So it's just kind of extending out. It's quite an impressive facility if you get down here to Dayton and see it. It's, it's yeah, a pretty nice. neat place. And, you know, come spring, we'll have the rooftop bar open again now that we got it finished. Yep. So have the rooftop bar. We'll have the event center for, for people to rent out for weddings or special occasions. And people yeah. can come now. Yes, people can actually come now. Because <laughs> the world is kind and, of fixed. <laughs> and now there's finally no mask mandate in Dayton. Oh, right. So that's right, that everybody. <laughs> yeah. Dayton yeah. held on to that mask mandate for a little too long. <laughs> Well, yeah, so the bigger cities definitely had the Columbus and what the right. bigger cities. I mean, we were from Canton and really the mask thing was, you know, just, right. it was kind of how the state went. It's like you, your discretion. Right. So anyways, that's enough about that because yeah. we don't need to talk no. about that. We need to get to we need to get to drinking. But give yeah, us exactly. give us just a little bit on you, because that I find what how you've come up through the. You have a lot of respect from people in the industry, and then also it's just a unique story, you know? Uh, well, I started making my own when I was a teenager because I wanted alcohol but wasn't old enough to buy it but was smart enough to learn how to make it. Uh, <laughs> where? Innovative. Where, 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 where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Washington Courthouse, Ohio, so about an okay. hour from here. Yeah, right. County. Yeah. Excellent. Um, grew up in Washington Courthouse, and really, like I said, I was probably 15 or 16 when I started playing around with homebrew, and... That kind of ran in my family anyway. My grandpa used to make homebrew beer on mom's side. Dad's side, uh, they made liquor during Prohibition. So it's just kind of always been around. Uh, some of my uncles always made wine and homemade spirits and things like that. So I grew up around it. Uh, around the time I was probably 18 or 19, I met Popcorn Sutton. Uh, started helping him run. I would drive down. We would run normally on the weekends. I'd come back with a load. Sell off shine up here. Good money when you're, you know, 
off the books, no taxes and a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somehow along the line, I ended up on the legal side of the industry. I've uh, worked for Steve Beam at Yellowstone Bourbon for a while. We know Steve. Down at Limestone, right? Yep. yep. Now, did, now, Lisa Roper Wicker was there for a while. She did was, you overlap? She was, she was exiting right when I was leaving, but I, I, I knew Lisa then. I mean, Lisa and I have been friends forever. Yep. We, we joke that we chased each other around the industry because she went was here, then I was here, then she went here, then I was there. and We just kind of keep going well, in circles. <laughs> well, well, Stephen's done such a fantastic job of some of the younger dis, dis, distillers because – uh, you know, you're looking at uh, Aaron Harris at uh, Watershed. He was at, but before he kind of was at the same time. Did you know Aaron at all? No. Or no? But I mean, he's well, like his, uh, let's see, Steve's current uh, distillery manager, Eric Downs. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm friends with Eric. Uh, I trained him when he got hired on down there. Okay. Yeah. And they just went to that bigger. Yeah. That's got a vendor yeah. still put in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which, uh, we were down there, and they were like running its first run when we were with Stephen. And uh, but he's such a great guy, and he knows what he's trying to do, and he knows he's basically gives people this base to go out and do it elsewhere or through. Yeah. And I just find that what you know that that common ground right there. <laughs> and now you know it's owned by. MGP, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but well, MGP yeah. bought Lexco, so now, yeah. yeah. And then you're talking about the the the, the, the Indiana distillery that basically makes a crap ton of really good eighty percent of the booze on the market. Yeah, yeah. So fast forwarding a little bit, what got you up to Canton and Gervasi's? All right. So when I left uh, left Kentucky, came back to Ohio. My dad wasn't doing real good. Ended up working uh, uh, as a brewer down in Cincinnati. And really, after Dad passed, I ended up uh, Canton, Ohio, Gervasi. I saw they were looking for a distiller to take on that task. And I interviewed uh, with the owner, Ted Swaldo, and their winery director. And we kind of hit it off. And I was with them from groundbreaking of the distillery up through... See, I was there for two years, from, from mm-hmm. groundbreaking up through through the two-year mark. And then... You know, We've been doing a long distance relationship, me and my fiance, because she was still down here. I was up there, and we decided we just wanted to go ahead and buy a house down here. I still have family down here, so does she. So I ended up leaving Gervasi, coming back down here, and this just kind of fell in my lap. Uh, I had a mutual friend here in Dayton that knew about the distillery setting up here, and they were looking for somebody, so they reached out, wanted to know if I knew anybody down here who would be interested. And it was just like, well, you know, I just bought a house. I know this one guy. I just bought a house down here, so it might be me. And it was highly recommended. Good deal. It just kind of fell in my lap. I really wasn't even looking for a job down here yet. And that was, what, give a year on that? Uh, That was two years ago. 2019. We we just hit our, early November was our one-year mark for releasing spirits here. Nice. Uh, But I'd been here getting everything set up for a year prior. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So, So... Show us what you do or what you do. All right. So we've got uh, Rubicon Creek. That's our core product, which this one is MGP sourced, 21% rye, bottled at 95 proof. Okay. <laughs> Just a little splash. There we go. You can give me a little more than a little splash. <laughs> so this is the... It's all five-year minimum, 21% dry from MGP. It's a... It's our core product, $39 a bottle, and it seems to be doing good for us. Wow. Got a great nose. 
Well, you went and basically picked the barrels, right? Or well, they didn't just send them to no, you. No, they do. I mean, generally when you buy from MGP, you get what you get. So it's a matter of blending more than anything. So if we order in, say, 50 or 100 barrels, it's going through and tasting them all then putting the blends together. So what are your what size are your normal small batch blends? Normally, it's 8 to 10 barrels when we blend. Okay. And this is batch 4 is what you guys are tasting. I have batch 5 and 6 in tank already. So batch 4 is what's on the market right now. Do you think as you do this further, you're getting better? Yes. I think batch five and six is a little nicer than four. I think four was a little nicer than three. But we're keeping it very consistent. Batch one, I think, had more rye spice than all the subsequent batches. But it's because we didn't have as many barrels to pick from. We were just starting up. We only brought in a handful of barrels. So it was more limited blending options. After batch one was selling good, we bought a lot of barrels. And so I had a lot more to blend with, and every blend's getting a little bit nicer. This this is definitely a strong rye. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, high rye bourbon, There's, right? right? What was yeah. the percentage? 21%. 21, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 75, 21, 4 on, the, on that one. Right up there with bean. They're really close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. But it's, it's a good daily drinker for $39. I mean, it's... Real good. Yeah. Uh, it's got a it's nice... A small nice, batch. There's no doubt about it. Nice it's a definition. Taste. taste. What's up, good in cocktails? I pick, uh, I'm picking yeah. up some nice corn. Yeah. Definitely getting some corn, getting some spice. Um, you know, the usual uh, stronger taste on the body, but a nice hug, nice nice finish. Yeah. And you're talking 95 proof, right? Yeah. And yeah. Not, not too strong, but not watered down. <laughs> this is definitely a nice, like you say, a, a drinking bourbon. It's right. just a go-to bourbon. So what's your distribution? distribution throughout Ohio. How is that? Right about? now, we are mainly Dayton area. We are in 72 liquor stores right now. In the so Dayton area. Okay. Dayton area and kind of just starting to branch out. We've got a few liquor stores in Columbus. Uh, we're getting a few more in Cincinnati now, uh, but we're really just kind you of got starting the Miami to Valley out. pretty well covered. Yeah, we're, okay. we're just kind of starting to branch out. So okay. right. uh, hopefully over the next year, we'll spread out even more. I know we really want to go a little farther north. Um we're not really looking at getting into other states yet. We figure get get a couple of years under us before we branch out that far. Get established in Ohio, and you can get them coming and going on the interstates. There you, you go. Know? There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. I mean, for you your check this stuff out, I picked up when I was driving on the turnpike. That's right. So you've been distilling now for twenty years. No, 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 no. Here, here, putting uh, in your stuff in barrels. We started August of last year. I think was when we started distilling in here. Okay, and, and then we laid down vodka and gin first, and then started laying down barrels after vodka and gin were done. And then you said you have a storage facility now. Yeah. Does now when he the first place that he opened up before he moved here right. was he wasn't distilling; he was doing it was just all, 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 beer. Yeah, all beer. So he wasn't really doing any barrel aging, or was he doing barrel? Uh, aging? He had some barrel aged beers, but not. Not, not like he needed extra now. storage or another right. facility. So when you came here and you started laying, you're like, hey, we got to put this someplace. Right. And, uh, you know, City of Dayton had their own laws and restrictions on that as well as far sure. as how many barrels we could have on site and everything. So we ended up with a facility off site to you, store everything. Are you Rick or palletized? Well, neither really. I use barrel racks to do everything. So and it's so not, they're not like, a traditional warehouse. Palletized, we've had a few barrels come in that we've sourced that were head bunged so that we had to palletize. 
the bulk of what we're doing though is just a metal barrel rack so we can move it right right your rack it's a rack system in there on their sides right yeah okay as much as i can keep it that way i mean (laughs) yeah yeah i don't i don't like headbone barrels they leak too much (laughs) yeah supposedly the advantage uh, well the rack system that can be moved with a forklift that is the ideal thing right Right. especially for a small facility if you can just grab a rack and move it Makes it so much easier. That yeah, would make yeah. sense that the flat surface does not expand and contract like the arched surface yeah. does, and that well, would result in. There, but it's also hard, damage. like you said, leaks, and yeah. then it's it's the, the way losing, that you dump them. And you're it, losing twelve percent of the wood contact if you're paying for the barrel for the wood contact, and you're losing twelve percent of it when you sand them up. Right. Why you pay for them? <laughs> well, I mean, some people find that that's their sweet spot for yeah. you know. I understand. Everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, there it's like the same thing in uh, <laughs> in Scotland or whatever. They they right. palletize some of them, and some oh, of them, yeah. you know, it's just it's just that distiller's personal preference of what they think they can get as far right. as taste, and if they're achieving what they want, then and any more the bigger the warehouse, the more options you have for storage. If oh, you yeah. just palletize them, you if you palletize them, high. you can fit way more. Yeah. Plus, it's supposedly safer. Uh, because of the fact that, that. You, yeah, but hey, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the, uh, what I've read. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I could go either way on that. It's as there's dangers as, either way you go. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. When you're dealing with heavy uh, barrels that on a with a pallet, and yeah. someone doesn't know what they're doing, and it can get bad fast. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, what that I, I would have to say that uh, after tasting that, that's a good. You got a good bourbon. Uh, I, I can't see. I, now, the last, the other thing I'd like to ask you is that I usually ask the distillers who are sourcing, and when they go from theirs, when they go from the source right. to theirs, what's the what's the so thought process? We're, we will probably keep Rubicon Creek as a sourced brand, ah, and then when our stuff gets ready, it'll own. probably be under a different brand name. Yeah, that's that's a. That's a good way to do it. That yeah, then the transition, right? Not just for brand recognition, but for production. Right, and, it'd yeah. probably be a different name on the yeah, You probably haven't been at a distillery long enough yet. I mean, you've been kind of used yeah, to making moonshine to start off, and then, but what what I found lately, like for instance, uh, Eagle Rare. Okay, I didn't like it. It's a rye, and I really wasn't a fan. And it was so hard to get, and I had a bo- couple bottles, and it just was like, okay. But I picked up a bottle because it's becoming more and more available. And this bottle from this year, I love. There's way more caramel, not quite as much rye, but there's still that rye, that balance. Do you find that as you keep going forward, like just with the brand, if you can keep bettering it, that's what you want to do? Oh, like, absolutely. So, mean, if so, I can pick really good barrels for that blend and make it a little nicer every time that's the goal right because because with let's just say some of the the jack daniels jim beam that's not the goal their goal is just to get that consistency every well because (laughs) because the majority of the population that drink whiskey want the same thing all the time they're not into different changes i think that's changed a lot since the last last two years but no the last similar to the beer industry if you look at budweiser and bud light like those are more quality control plants than they are breweries. But I give them props for that because they have the exact same taste all around the world. No matter where you are, when you open that, you know what to expect. Right. It's more of a quality control plant than it is anything else. There, yeah. And that's not that. Well, funny. But initially, up until like the 19, probably 80s, 
consistency was what was built into everybody trying to do this right. to business because it was so hard to get consistency. Right. It took a skilled expert to build to take six hundred a thousand barrels and make a batch that consistently every single time you did it tasted the same. Yeah. But now it's kind of like the mentality has kind of changed a little bit where people love a little bit of there's a lot more experimentation yeah. out there now. A lot right. of different grains and come into play, different barrel varieties, trawlers. Uh, there's a lot of different things. Well, craft distillers and craft breweries. I think the craft distilleries are where craft breweries were, say, eight to ten years ago. And right. we're riding that same curve. And and when you look at the craft distilleries, some of the stuff, like I, like some of it, I'm starting to get in some bourbon a little bit more char, oak, like almost like a scotch aspect introduced by some of them and and then it becomes the complexity is a little bit different but it's there for whoever if you like scotch you're going to love this bourbon right. but if you're not a fan of scotch you just should stay away from it you know right. those are the kind of things that are happening all right okay and, uh, yeah definitely a changing industry like i said uh, especially with a lot of craft guys like alan bishop and myself out there doing some different things and there's i mean there's really a lot of good small distillers out there even home distillers that are trying to get into the industry, there's a lot of good ones out there. Well, that's that's yes, there's no doubt about it. And a good, there are more distilleries that keep popping up, the more jobs they are. It doesn't right. right now. You see a distillery popping up, and it's not like they're interviewing thirty distillers. They're usually trying to find one, right. and then that distiller has to find his guy because you can't do everything by yourself. Right. And we we met. Uh, Come on, his name? Drew. I remember oh, it. There you go. And that seems to be your guy, yeah, right? Drew, Drew's my assistant distiller here. And, I mean, he had no production experience when we started this back in August. But uh, now he can pretty much run everything without me. So, <laughs> Which is the key. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you, you like to be here. <laughs> but, uh, but also, yeah, you need a vacation. But also when you're doing something like this and who you are, you have to be the face of it. Because the face is very – even though – we don't all we some of some of it's bullshit, whatever. This but, entire industry is based on bullshit. But, but you're right, you're right. But if you're producing good spirits, right, that's what you gotta participate in the bullshit so everybody can appreciate those spirits because yep. that's what everybody loves. Yeah, you have to get out there and meet people and talk to people, and that, that's it. Mm-hmm. I had a whole podcast on how I don't like Kirkland um, bourbon that they're putting out. Okay, I don't like what they're doing with Costco because. Because I love this whiskey industry, and to me, going to Costco, and even if it's good, getting a discount bourbon isn't what I'm in it for. And so I argued this point with a, with Alan uh, from uh, Cast Chaser, and we basically um, went back and forth. Now it was good. I didn't. I, we I got a bottle. I drove because I live in I was originally from Wisconsin, so I went back to Costco in Wisconsin because they sell alcohol at the Costco there. Brought one back and we did this and it wasn't bad and it's Barton's. But people were trying to say, well, this is Barton 1792 in the bottle and it's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, why would Barton do that? Sell it for $18 when they're selling it for $36. It just doesn't make sense. But at the same time, uh, I think the marketing aspect of the craft distilleries are doing so well because of this experience that you have. And it's a great experience. And then they get to meet you. Even it's though more personal than the and big, it doesn't big cost tours. it really doesn't cost somebody as much as it does for the big distilleries because you still can meet those you know distillers but it's gonna 
yeah. be a little bit of expensive unless you're a podcaster like so me. And then basically, then the trend to summarize is when you take a a Jim Beams or a Heaven Hill or somebody like that, you're 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 going from consistency to the smaller craft distilleries to diversity. Right. And those are those that have made their business on consistency need to stay. Yeah, they consistent. have to stay consistent. They have to keep their they have to meet their production goals. Right. Whereas if you're forging your niche on diversity, then you're yeah. you're in the well, catbird seat, so well, to speak. To we can play around with different, different brands, things a little exactly. bit. Yeah. And when something comes like like for instance in Jim Beam, when Freddie finds this beautiful barrel that tastes great, there's not much to do with it. Can't create a barrel, but you guys, yeah. you find a barrel, you put it in the single barrel in your shop, right. and it's gone like that, and everybody's like, "Wow!" Right? It's like, "Yeah, oh, well, we have this product extension. It's three hundred bottles. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> they they find a good barrel. It's like, all right, put it in the blend. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. That, and then also you can experiment with different mat because you're running so oh, yeah. much smaller, it's different matches, and you know, wheat a, and a thousand gallons than it is for them to do. A, 10 million, yeah. <laughs> or, like, if you want to, like, for instance, what that morning glory that uh, Alan has at Spirit of French Lake, that's buckwheat. And yeah. I, and it's just, like, it's something that you don't normally get. It's unique, and a certain amount of people love it, but it's going to be there, and then it's going to be gone. gone. Yep. So I'll tell you what, we're yeah, coming we down to the witching hour. We better oh, get to these other product here. Well, he's we're, 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 we're doing you a favor. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so you're you're not going to like this one. No, I'm okay. That's good. Well, so this is our uh, Miami Valley Rye. It's part of our Legacy Series. We're uh, trying to bring back some of the old Dayton area brands. Um, so Miami Valley Rye was from the old Hainer Distillery, which was outside of Dayton, Ohio, and Troy. Okay. And their offices were actually a few blocks over here in Dayton. Uh but this was an old Dayton brand, and we managed to trademark a few of the old brands and just kind of bring them back. It's a single barrel, uh, 95.5 MGP sourced rye. This was, uh, I believe this one was almost six years old. This is a single barrel when, six years. When year. was that, yeah. the original brand and this is established? A, you know the ooh, it was 1890s, I believe. Wow. Okay, yeah. So, so it, it, went away, it went away during Prohibition. Right. And, uh, God, but this one is uh, also... 113 proof on that one. Did you realize that this smells delicious? To me? It's just like, you don't like rye. I don't, and I don't like MG. I've had some MGP rye source bourbons that I mean rye that wow, just. This is this definitely your. You what's know, with your the no? No, oh, you yeah. did. This is a single barrel that you selected yeah. from your. Yeah. So it just uh, we've did two or three, I think three now different barrels uh, that are out. But uh, yeah, these, these are all single There's, barrel picks out of barrels we we've brought in. No dill, no celery. A lot of I can taste like um, like a, a rye bread. Like you, like the rye is in there, and then the it's sweet. Wow. Yeah. And Damn. You know, it's funny on the nose. You almost smell like a bread taste. I mean, along with the rye spice. Mm-hmm. Well, I smell. I, I wash my glass. I still there's a caramel aspect sweetness to it too. Yeah, there's, we had, we were lucky. We got some really nice rye barrels come in. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the the labels that get get it that I don't like must just they just must hate. <laughs> I mean, I just will it. I could I I actually took my bottle and used it for Bloody Marys because of the dill and the well, it's hit or miss for me. Some of their expressions I really like, and some of them I'll pass. Right, right. I don't the the. I was uh, had had Rowan's Creek a couple years ago, and I had uh, Noah's Mill. Wasn't a big fan. 
it was okay, but it wasn't a big fan. And then this past release was, I, I can't say, it was just spectacular. I don't know what, I think it's aging temperatures and climate right. could be helping a lot of the, I mean, it's, it's like um, even some of the bottom aged stuff that comes out of Buffalo Trace is still, it's, that doesn't it's taste like, yeah, yeah, it tastes, you know, H&H 10, right. cotton candy, it's, it's simple, but it has a nice flavor. And whereas, you know, when you used to think of those, it was just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, that's uh, that's one of our two legacy series we have out right now. Um, but I think I think it will do well. Right now, that is the most expensive bottle we have out there that does retail for sixty nine. Okay, but uh, we are doing a price reduction on that. That takes effect uh, December first, I believe. And this, it's, it's going to go down to fifty nine. Yep. Sorry this this is a really good stuff. I it has a very good consistency in terms of what you expect taste from nose. To finish. Right. I mean, it's it's all the way through. Nothing changes. It's really good. Oh, you no. You know you're drinking your rye on that one. I you know. You're drinking a rye, but it's a good rye. Oh, yeah. I, it's, I definitely, uh, but this, there's a sweetness. There's a You can taste a little bit of the age at six years. with the You get a little bit of oak. But then you got enough sweetness, and I just don't get what I don't like about rye. So. That's a good job on the barrel. No bro. Uh, like I said, I, I enjoy picking rye. I'm a, I'm a rye guy. So I'm, not, I'm not much for weeded. I'm definitely more a rye guy, so I, I like doing So do you I like wheat and I like rye. My, my wife, she's the rye gal. She really likes anything rye. Well, yeah, she, they like high rye bourbons and they like rye, but bullet rye. Oh, it's $25 a bottle. You can't beat it. Yeah, but, but that's what I – that flavor is what I don't like. like it's it's right there, prevalent up front. Everything I don't like is like the main aspect. This tastes nothing like bullet rye. Good, nothing. <laughs> Does it to you? I mean, you know the there's, difference. There's similarities, but I don't even not, get a similarity. Maybe my palate is just spot on tonight, uh, today, and then all those similar, other. They're similar, but they are different creatures. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's see. This does here. not have the the oak or. Tobacco undertone that, that on the side. It, 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 it's it's rye all the way through. It's really good. Yeah. Good. Uh, the next one I've got over here. Let's water it up. Is the second one out of our uh, our legacy series. So, <laughs> you, you could just pour, use this and pour it yeah, in the, the. That's our pouring thing down there. <laughs> this is a first. We actually have a pouring uh, <laughs> container to. Well, we, were lucky. we had several of them out here for the event today. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, so, Outshoals Corn Whiskey. So, Outshoals was another Dayton area brand, uh, turn of the century. They got started, I think, 1860s up to about Prohibition era. Wow. Is that the original label, too, you copied? That, that is what amazes me. I don't know how TTB approved this label because we copied almost everything on it down from the original, including. Uh, possesses the nutriment of corn and stimulant of whiskey. Right. That and on awesome. the side, contains no poisonous drugs or other added poisons. I'm amazed that they approved our label. <laughs> well, I, I actually, know, uh, knowing how label approval are, is, it's based off of the different points and what's in between. You can almost say anything. Pretty much. I mean, they're, they're picky. It depends on who you get. I've learned that normally I'll submit maybe three variants and it lands on three different people's desks. And one of them will say yes. <laughs> so this is an eight-year-old. It's a spectacular label, whiskey. by the way. I mean, I'm amazed damn. that they, they proved that. It. Compared it to 
compared to which is a good corn whiskey, mellow corn. Right. That is like, if I see mellow corn, which is like a 1970s label, oh, yeah, that and that before. looks like a f- a hundred year old bottle. I'm picking that. Look at that. That's got a color of like a yeah. champagne or a white wine. Now, are you that? guys working on any bottled and bond type stuff? Did, are you down the road? Okay, no, but road. you have a warehouse that's yeah, well, I mean, deemed so that you can oh, do yeah. what you need to do. That's all. Oh, yeah. I know um, you're talking four years and you had yeah. barely two, right? So, what's the proof on that? Did you say 100. we did? We did 100 proof, and it's eight year old corn whiskey. Definitely not a bourbon, but it's really pretty good. It's a and it's. It's floral. It's, it's such a good daily drinker, in my opinion. Twenty four ninety nine a bottle. Rich corn, but for, then for there's eight year old product at hundred proof. It's like corn on the cob. But yeah. is it? Yeah. And there's 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 virtually no ethanol. Oh, yeah. there's some ethanol on the <laughs> on the taste. But I'm talking about on the nose. But, but for I you smell. know an eight year old hundred proof product at twenty five dollars. It, it makes a great and it does some great cocktails with it too. It's a good mixer. I can see where that'd be an awesome mixer. The, the one thing uh, after like October, I was I got COVID and lost taste and smell, and I've gotten parts of my taste back slowly, but I probably for the last three weeks it's all it's been back even, but it just keeps coming back more and more on the back palate, kind of where it was, but. I pretty much feel I'm back to where I was, but it was almost like trying to relearn how to taste whiskey. When you first right. started back in, after you're feeling good enough to drink it, the front was always sweet, so you could pick that up. But on the back, it was like uh, just learning everything over, like you were 18 years old trying to just get the whiskey down. <laughs> but uh, but then the but the nose, I haven't been I've been able to on some things pick it out, but whatever. But probably the last two days, all of a sudden, I've been smelling things. Back. You could smell the candle up close, but you couldn't smell it far away. Mm. So when you lose that, you really, like, it catches your attention, like, I really need this to keep doing <laughs> doing the same thing if you were doing that, right? This tastes like liquid corn on the cob with butter on it, is what it tastes like. <laughs> it's, it, it's really a good flavor, a unique flavor. It's something different. I know everybody's big on bourbon, but I think corn whiskey is a, a market oh, yeah. niche that really hasn't taken off. Um, like Not so here. You, you have you have yellow corn, and that's one of the few ones that's really out there. Uh, right, right, right. And a good but, entry, but, but entry you know, in 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 uh, Europe and Japan, right, they have to call it corn whiskey if they're making bourbon because it's not bourbon. bourbon right. So it's a little bit more popular over there, from what I've what I've heard. But at the same time, this is delicious, and I'm just trying to pull. I get a floral. A little bit of a floral. It's not lavender. I'm just trying to pick out what the floral is. Maybe sunflower. I've had sunflower oil. So there's a little bit of a sunflower kind of like there. It, just, it, it always just reminds me because, I mean, there's so many cornfields around. Yeah, it's, Ohio, corn, so it's, it's corn, like, corn, yeah, it's like you're, corn you're driving, corn. driving through like a sweet patch. Sweet corn yeah. patch. Mm-hmm. When you're driving by, that smell you mm-hmm. get, like in the morning. With That's the exactly what yeah. it smells yeah. like. Rich, rich. Um, and I do get where you're getting the butter. Yeah, when you drink it, it's like drinking a ear of corn. Yeah, with <laughs> butter on it. It's really good. It goes well with steak. <laughs> Was that it goes well with steak? Yeah, I bet it would. <laughs> so yeah. how long? Do you, I, I, how I, long do you age corn? With how long does it, do you have to age it to get it to? And what is the rules on that? Is it a used barrel? Uh, corn whiskey is normally a used barrel or an uncharred barrel. Okay, so what did you do? That was or a did sor- you purchase? That, that was a source product because it is eight okay. years. And what was um, it? That was that was an MGP. 
That was another energy pit, but it's not from their Lawrenceburg plant. It's from uh, one of their Kentucky facilities. Um, <laughs> now they really have jumped. When they bought Luxro, man, they jumped right into full-out yeah. Kentucky because what's happening there is just amazing. Right. Uh, when we brought that in, I really liked it as is. We tried it at a few different proofs. We ended up at 100. Uh, so I really liked it there. Was it a used barrel? Was it a used bourbon barrel? Do you... I, I believe it was a used bourbon barrel. Okay, because yeah. that makes sense. you got to... Yeah, <laughs> I think that's one of the things that's going to start to come full circle is that oh, yeah. the distilleries, instead of shipping them all off and getting, they're going to, as the barrel, I mean, the barrel price right now is pretty high. It was in it comparatively, uh, or is I it? Mean, a, they're going up. Barrels I use here are really high, but I use really high in barrels. Like if you get a standard barrel from International Stave, they used to be 185. I think right now they're 201. Not but, that bad for. But in general, for the products we're laying down, the ones that I'm about to pour for you guys, uh, products we're laying down here, I am sticking basically with Canton Cooperage, which I'm sure you've seen Canton barrels at Gervasi and a few other places. I really like Canton Cooperage. There's and, a Canton Cooperage? Yeah. Uh, well, they started in Canton, Ohio. Now they're in uh, Bardstown. But it's still called Canton Cooperage. But they were originally from Canton, Ohio. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's going to be a podcast. Oh my goodness. Wow, I had no idea there was. You're right there by Gervasi. If you go through there on their tour, you'll see Canton barrels in the distillery and you'll see some Canton wine barrels in the winery. Um, So if I met other distilleries around the country, like I was in Wisconsin at J. Henry and I saw Canton on it. So that's coming. Probably from a Canton barrel. It's probably from Bardstown, yeah. But it used to be. Uh, it used to be Canton Cooperage. They did uh, paper bags, things like that, and the, all kinds of wood containers and products. Actually, the uh, the, the current uh, director of winery and distillery operations, Andy, over at Gervasi, when he was a teenager back in the 60s, he worked for Canton Cooperage in Canton before they that's, moved to Kentucky. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's, very, well, it's a good move. Oh, yeah. Because, you know. supply issues getting the Enough barrels to you? Barrels aren't really an issue for us, but we're only bringing in maybe 20 here and there. I see. Um, the barrels from Canton, though, I generally use three-year air-dried oak barrels from them. So three-year air-dried oak from them, you're talking 455 a barrel versus the standard $200 barrel. Well, so they are you're making, expensive. It does make a difference. Yeah. I mean, um, we've ex- it's been explained to us, oh yeah. the quality, uh, uh, you know, and it's like some of the, the cooperages can do it. Do the all the staves from one tree. Right. The regular way to do it, it comes from all the different ones. Yeah. I mean, you don't really know what you're getting. But we were we did tour in September, Independence Stave, and it's just a unfrickin' believable oh, yeah. operation, it's, isn't it? Oh yeah. If you want to get uh, some good arm strength, go work for them for a little while. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that is not a young man. That is a young man's profession. There's no doubt about it. Just right. the, it's just crazy. This guy, what he did, uh, replacing a stave. In a finished barrel, uh, I would still be there trying to do it. Oh, I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, you blink your eyes and you missed it. The other thing that was just really cool, just for the sake of being cool, was seeing the the, the barrel, the charring process, and they come rolling down the assembly line still on fire with the flames coming out of them. <laughs> so that, that was pretty good. This is your white dog, right? This is this is some white dog. Your high wine? Yep. Uh, so this actually just went in a barrel last week. I just saved a bottle because we had some tastings. Last week and this week, and wanted people to try it. So this is a four grain. Wow. Uh, you know, this is at the 109 proof, by the way. I go into barrel about 109, 110. No, so look at the crystal clear. Your um, aging facility, mm-hmm. controlled or just outdoor? Uh, well, 
Temperature control, yes, but only enough to keep the pipes from freezing. It's really just just 40 degrees in there in the wintertime. <laughs> okay, no, it's just, well, it's just really, I started understanding barrel aging from Allen and how important it is to the big guys for open air kind of thing oh, and yeah, staying you, you in there that, longer because yeah, it's it, they need it for that. Whereas if you're pot stilling like you are and you take out some of those, you don't have to keep it in the same right. same thing. And then, you know, you know his stuff. He's just pure grain forward. It doesn't have anything to do with Kentucky bourbon. Right. It, but, you know, when you first start out, it's different. But as you keep drinking and understanding how it's going, it just becomes better and better. Well, it, like it, you know. His barrel tries really from, good. From the time this comes off the still, the white dog, mm-hmm. to the time it's barreled, how long is that usually? Uh, normally, once we do a run, we'll proof it down to like I said, about 109, 110s where I've been barreling at, and then we'll get it into barrel. It's normally within a week. So his entry week, proof yeah. is 110. In the, the highest it can be is what, 125? Right. So, but but entry proof is such a cool experimental thing. It does make a difference. Yeah, you know? I, I tend to go lower. Uh, I, I like 109, 110 for what we've been laying down. I might put a few barrels down even lower. Uh, I'm still well, kind of waiting to see what goes, what happens in our warehouse over the next year or two. See if it's yeah, you're going you're, up or down. you're tasting those barrels as they go. I mean, angel share right. I'm, I'm still kind of looking at barrel maturation here since we've only been putting barrel barrels for a year. Right, and you're aging and getting everything dialed in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the longer you do this, I, I mean, that's one thing that trying to, I, you know, you talk, but staying at a place, you get to, you know, get oh, yeah. to the point. And if you like, like, it's such a cool thing to be a distiller because you start to age that stuff and then you learn. You know, I, I think that's one of the things some of the big guys have, especially if they've kept family involved. Like, you know, Jim Beam, you're talking right. about Freddie, his dad, his grandpa. Right. They all know what the aging kind of does. They can pass it along. And then he's taking some of the, what the craft distillers are doing and trying to. And then the blending aspect of what he's doing with blending, because he started that, like, you know, six thing. years yeah. ago. And nobody was blending any kind of uh, American whiskey at the time, and now it's he's a learning. Category. Well, it's, yeah, it's a it is. But but then when you go to Scotch, it's been done for hundreds of years. You know what I mean? Some of the, I mean, Johnny Walker is a blend. It was a grocery store blend from three hundred years ago, right. <laughs> so, and they've been doing it. And that's some of the things that I think is so cool that these categories are open up. And then you know to talk to him or talk to you about blending. I just had no idea that if you took two barrels and mixed them together, one barrel has this taste, one barrel has this taste, you mix them together and it has taste that nothing to do with either barrel. And that's like something as a blender that you really got to kind of experiment and really get the hang of it, right? And then know when to stop. (laughs) So So next sample up. Okay. Just just a comment. Just a a mildly sweet taste and it's... Pure alcohol. <laughs> no, it's so, it's it's delicious. Next one up is going to Good be grains. the same mash bill, but it's going to be five month old. So same same mash bill, five month old. Okay, you're you're taking us through the aging process. Perfect. So you're right at two years, pretty much on on uh, the stuff you laid down, or is it well, about? We, we started laying down here. Uh, like I said, the last August. So, so it's a year and a half. And a half. Okay. Yeah. So what are we looking at? Yeah, because you started off with the gins, right? Show us the label on that. 
Uh, this was a four grain, same as this one, four grain with uh, rye. Because your next one you're going to see is going to be a four grain that I did with wheat. We've been laying both down. Ooh. So, okay. Interesting. Wait, okay. So, in other words, your four grains are? So, you'll appreciate this from Alan Bishop. So, it's basically a riff on one of his. It's uh, corn, oats, malt, and... Okay. I tend to use Vienna malt. We've done rye and wheat. I do change it up a little bit. So... I generally use Vienna malt. It's more of a brewer's malt. You normally don't yeah. see it in distilleries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to use that. I like the toastiness, the bread notes it gives you. Then for the rye on these and in the wheat, it's a crystal rye and a crystal wheat from a Sugar Creek malt over in Indiana. So it's it's really more brewer's malt than distillery malts. So you're using a brewer's malt? Mm-hmm. Rye. It's a crystal rye, so it's already been malted. Okay. And, and, uh, and corn. And, and then the fourth one, uh, just a regular oats, malt? It's, um, oats. You're right. Yeah, oats uh, on both of them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. So, the, so you had the white dog. This is it at five months old, uh, coming out of a char three barrel. It's really grain forward. Oh, God. And then the next one you'll get here in a minute will be the exact same recipe, but instead of the rye, it's a instead of crystal rye, it's a crystal wheat. Wow. It's Saturday morning, and I've had all this alcohol. I haven't felt like this since high school. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm sorry, since I was 21. Of course, the of course. Sweetness. <laughs> the sweetness. The sugars for, you're getting. For five months old. For five months old is, it It actually, it's brown sugar? It's actually. Yeah, yeah brown sugar. It's, it's, it's like cookie dough. But it's, yeah, you know what really it's good. doing? It's masking the, the youth. The yeah. brown sugar. Uh, I think, uh, you know. Maybe about four years in barrel, that'll be really nice. It's already yeah, well, where, where, it's so funny. He said, I'm thinking cookie dough and mixing in brown sugar and cinnamon and butter. And he says it right as I'm thinking it. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And like, oh, the wheat, the corn. And it's almost like a bread yeah, that taste from the, from rye. But the, it's the not Vienna rye malt. bread. It's more like a white bread. Yeah, that Vienna malt's really good for the bready notes. Damn. I see. <laughs> it's like as I it, going to the different distilleries and I, Watershed and Dimmick and Aaron Harris over there are great. Love them. But before Aaron was there, I did not. I, I, I thought it was OK. Right. Bourbon. OK. No, but I, they I'm did a far with you there. And so did Aaron. I mean, Aaron was like, it's like, I'll go with what Bourbon Pursuit said. And, you know, he ups the way to go. Okay. But. They did such a great job of marketing in Ohio. It's insane how good their marketing was. Pretty much every bar in Ohio. Right from day one. That's right, what, right. That's even though, even though I can taste that, you know what I mean? I can taste it. I didn't, wasn't like, I would not choose it. But then what they've been doing since he's been there is changed everything. Right, and, and it's fantastic. 11-year-old distillery with source, and they have their own, and they're doing yeah. great things, and they've hired the right people. But it's the same thing. Getting the person who knows what good whiskey tastes like. Right. I wasn't as nervous coming here when they asked. They asked me, and I I knew Aaron had come up from what he did. But when but knowing you and knowing what you got them through that that you have a good palate. There's no doubt about it. So that's the key to it, you know. Oh, yeah. you and then you also know palate. what you don't want to release. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, if it's going to taste whatever, you know it, you're tasting it, and it's just like, we can't release this yet. Yeah, that's a no. <laughs> I would say you have an excellent palate. It's very on par with mine. Not that my palate 
I just need no, you, of sophisticated. Well, all I'm saying is not that my palate has anywhere close to sophistication that yours does, but whatever you're thinking is good it seems to match with me because I haven't tasted anything bad. Then you're probably okay. gonna like this. This oh, oh the I really wheat. like this. So this is the same four grain recipe, but instead of Five crystal rye, we did crystal wheat, and this is. Uh, this one's out of a Canton barrel. The last one was an Adirondack out of Adirondack, New York. Oh, you, oh so okay. I, 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 uh, this is a Canton. So this is a 36-month oak Canton barrel. Three air dried. 36-month air dried. And uh, let's see, char three. And this is nine-month-old. Nine months old. Nine months, and that was six months. That was a five. Five, five. So we got four more, and we got it out of a this is a Canton barrel. Canton barrel. And it's wheat. And it's a wheat. A it's wheater. A four-grain wheat. Good so Thank what are you doing? Going to make a pappy? I don't know. This is pretty nice. I really like this one. I think it's going to be Wow. I already got the caramel right off the... Yeah. The caramel's and, right and there. I, I love Canton barrels. They're so good for that. So you were saying you love rye and you love wheat, but do you all... I mean, rye, but I like do you the, like wheats? I like wheats, but only certain ones, and I really have to be in the mood for a which, wheat. Which wheat? Uh... Honestly, some of the ones I've laid down more than a lot about what's on the market. You, you don't <laughs> you know. know. <laughs> we found that there's certain wheat bourbons, and it kind of you can almost mis you know, misidentify them as a as a rye yeah. because of holy the shit. the, the uh, malt that they use. Yeah. The what's the proof on this? Uh, One eleven. The molded barley Fuck. can give it an entirely different. <laughs> that is that yeah. body month whiskey. Yeah. That body yeah. is full. The caramel's up front. The caramel's on the finish. Yeah, for nine months whiskey, I think that's okay. Really How much? Okay, um, so you got wheat rye. This no wheat oat. Um, so that was Vienna malt, malted oats, the crystal wheat, and then the corn. And the corn was the Amanda Palmer that Alan worked on from Indiana that they grew on there. Uh, that came from Robert McDonald Dancing Star Farms off of his farm in Pennsylvania. But he was growing like. Okay, so he he sources his farm in Pennsylvania. Source okay, yeah. yeah. I, something I didn't catch uh, when you said crystal rye versus crystal wheat. Explain the crystal again. Uh, so it's like brewers malts. They roast the grain, so it's malted grain, and then they put it through a roaster to get just that right caramelization of the sugars, and it brings out so much flavor. Like if you have uh, like a dark stout beer, it's all real That's, heavy roasted grain. Right. So and you're taking your brewery experience yeah. of what you love in in, in well, yeah, brewery and malts. applying it, yeah, from the malt. And now, because I that's the first wow. time I've heard of crystal, yeah, you know, rye or crystal wheat. But at the same time, what you're describing, uh, yeah, I love doing no, that's a lot malts. more expensive because of that process. Right? Well, it is because uh, I mean, you think about they grow it, they malt, they they. They toast it and then they heart, then it's just taken. Whereas now you're putting it through other processes. Normally I try to stick with uh, Caleb over at Sugar Creek Malt as well. And he does really small batches of stuff. I think his roaster right now only holds 150 pounds of malt at a time. Really? So anytime I order like 2,000 pounds of malt, he's like, "Uh, give me a couple weeks. (laughs) Okay. So is that Sugar Creek Malt? How long does it take him to roast that generally? Do you know? I don't. Is that part of the Amish aspect? Or is he completely separate from that? I know he's separate from that. Because he's at Sugar Creek, you know, most of the stuff in there. (laughs) True. No, I I really like that malt or the uh, weeded there. I think it's coming along really nice. His name was Caleb? Yes, Caleb. Maybe. Wait a minute. He said Sugar Creek, Indiana, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's, just, he's just outside of uh, Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. Indianapolis, okay. Because that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. Maybe you can hook us up oh, yeah, no and then we can go down to Indiana, right outside of Indianapolis and see what it's Perfect. like at a oh, malter. Yeah. Because 
Whiskey drinkers now are so educated and they're looking for that information that this type of thing is what, what everybody wants, the right? The complexity of the process blows my mind. I mean, I was a hand-to-mouth bourbon drinker before Jeff and I really got, you know, that's the event. Into, into bourbon. And I just never realized. I think the most shocking is how much the barrel comes into play as compared to other whiskeys. Right, barrel's huge. I mean, the barrel's everything. How and, long? And, 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 but, then, but then, like you're saying, this is the science behind the malts is just fast. Well, you saw their lab. They're, they, they're checking stuff. Oh, and then yeah, you've, yeah, got yeah. The, they've, you've got the pot still. You've got the computer. But you also have that hands-on experience oh, yeah. of what I'm you're looking for. I'm going to tell you this has a beautiful I, I would, if you, I'm not going to tell, tell your owner... But this is good enough to hit the bottle now. But yeah, I agree. What are you absolutely? What are you thinking? Are you going to just save some? How many barrels of this do you have? I'd have to check again. Actually, we've been going back and forth. Well, yes. maybe maybe eight or ten of these, and we'll do eight or ten rides. So have you been from this? Now, is this a single barrel or is this a blend? Now that right there is just pulled out of one barrel. Out of one barrel. Now, and it's literally a single barrel. Right, yeah, right, we right. We found well, that there's some ambiguity in the industry with that terminology. No, I, I pulled barrel samples earlier this week, and that's. Just just one barrel. One barrel. Yeah, at a craft distillery, it's just one barrel. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm talking so, about. So, but you taste all the barrels? Uh, we rotate through normally about every six months. We'll get them, hit them all. But I mean, honestly, you let I pulled. I think I pulled three or four of those that were weeded. God. <laughs> if you uh, seriously, I can't. I, I'll. I would. This. This is a weight thing. You get to seven. If you take a couple seven, eight, nine years, you're going to have some. I think that'll do really good. I think that could be one of our first products out of like four years old. That's that's amazing. This is seriously. I, I'm going to shake your hand on that. That's that's delicious. The caramel. I've I've not tasted caramel like that on less than one year. You know, aged spirits, and we taste a lot and a lot of good stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you got to be excited I about can't that. These last few samples that you've given us are so consistent, nose to finish. Good, that's what we're and, and, and even on the side where you pick up bitterness, there's no bitterness there. It's but, such a uniform taste. But the it's body outside. on that wheat, it, you, you let us have, the body was insane. Right. Now this yes. is is this taking it one step further? <laughs> so look at this. This I think could be out in a few years. I don't know. If, I don't know if this is going to need that much age. Just on this. a little. Yeah, except. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this is a little different for you guys. Not a bourbon. This is a malt whiskey we laid down. A malt whiskey. Give us the mash bill if you can. Never, uh, so, so we're talking scotch, right? Similar, but not 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 single malt no. though. Not single malt. So this was a uh, Vienna malt. A little bit of that crystal wheat, and then uh, Amanda Palmer corn. So this was a. Uh, 60-65% malt and the remainder was corn. But you know it is... But it's not... The malt, wait, 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 wait. Is that, wait. A, is that a barley malt? Is yes. That what you're but, okay. but you do... Well, and there was a little crystal wheat there, just a touch. It's, it's I would say, probably 40% Vienna malt and 5% uh, You know, wheat. it's a... Honestly, now I'm going to throw this, this out here. I think it is. A, one it's still a single malt because single has it's nothing... Single to, malt has to be entirely barley malt. This has corn in it. I thought single malt just has to come from one distillery and it can no, have it all can. the... It has to be, has to be all malt. 
It has to be all malt. All malt. Because it's a, Okay, because you said single malt. So but like what, the, what is... So like the uh, Woodford Blue Label. Have you tried the Woodford Reserve Blue Label, their malt whiskey? Not it's, yet. It's malt with corn. The one, I'm, the one I saw that I really want to do is the oat whiskey. I'm, oat whiskey just intrigues me. I love oats. I mean, it's yeah. just... you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's a lot of mouthfeel. So this was... Uh, let's see. This was... Seven months. So this is seven months in a Canton Char One. <laughs> oh, I can tell us for what the hell is don't know. Articulate a Char One versus a Char Three. Char One, it's probably been on a flame for fifteen seconds. Char Threes are probably closer to forty seconds. We were so looking at Char, char Fours char. that day. Oh, okay. All right. When we were at, you know, when yeah. you couldn't take any video of the coolest thing on the planet, watching a barrel <laughs> oh get charred. And you know, they're like, well, that's kind of whatever. And it, it's just, it's just bullshit. It's just, the fact that you can't take it isn't because of a, a secret in the industry. It's just because they want you to not have the video so you can remember it and think it's something totally special, which it is. If everybody had a video of it, you all could see it. Yeah, well, I think that, everywhere. you know, they may, might have had some So now I see. Production process that they don't. Yeah. Corporate espionage is a huge thing. Oh, yeah. I okay. think there's something there that they, not that we're smart enough to figure out, but <laughs> but somebody in the industry could. Now I can see why you're using the Canton barrels. Yeah, that was a Char 1 Jesus. Canton barrel. 36 month. Uh, a Char, a char 1 is. Uh, 109 proof on that. Okay, are you doing it? It's like we're in a bread Are you getting into the last couple of <laughs> Are you getting into any toasted barrels too? Uh, actually, like on the Canton barrels, all my Cantons that, are, that I bring in, they're medium plus toast and then they're charred. So that's that has to go on the label, you know. <laughs> toast, seriously, because don't it, skip it. it. The label, toasted barrel <laughs> wheat, four grain wheat, because toasted barrel in on anything right now. Just as like gold. Okay. And then for again for our listeners, I'm gonna have you say it better than I can. I, I understand the difference, but I can't articulate it. Tell us talk about toasted versus charred for a minute. So toasted, the barrels are heated, but they're not actually set on fire. Okay. Right? They're heated just to give you some different chemical reactions and break down some sugars and vanilla. Uh, charred, you're actually setting them on fire. <laughs> all, right. all toasted barrels on the front end have to be charred. They'll toast it to bring out some of the wood sugars and everything and then they char it at one which is so that you still have the toasting. Whereas if you want to do a secondary barrel toasting is okay but most most of them, yeah, it has to be a charred oak barrel to be bourbon, right? No, this is Absolutely. But this is what? This is a char one but it's a it's a malt whiskey. It's just a malt whiskey. So and and have a label statement on it uh, but if it's four years you don't need the age statement. No, well what I think it's a little different. Well, anything with, um, under four years, malt whiskey. Have, yeah, anything under four, you have to have, you have, to have, have a label. You have to have an age statement. Yeah. label. Yeah. I, I can see this being a two-year product, though. Yeah, it's pretty much nice. This, this the hug is like, on this. It, this is like you're in. They're baking bread. Is yeah, the Vienna malt really comes through in that with just a touch of crystal malt for the sweetness, the crystal wheat. <sighs> what are we on? Seven. <laughs> oh my God, that's good. Delicious. Glad you guys Thank are liking you. everything so far. Man, it's pretty hard not to. What do you think of that? I, you know, outstanding. Bill, I think my palate, for some reason today, is like for the like for the first time in a, like I just been trying you know get everything back, but it's like spot on. Like I'm really tasting everything, and I'm excited about that <laughs> because you know you're doing a podcast. I think I came back like a month ago. 
and I was getting okay tastes and I was able to pull some stuff out, but I was always relying on him and Super Nash. Let me talk about this for just a minute. If you're ever having one of those days where you can't decide whether you want a weeded whiskey <laughs> or a rye whiskey, grab this grab because that. it's a it's it's the perfect hybrid between the two in my opinion. It's a it's, it's a cereal. Really it's got, the ultimate cereal grain. Yeah, it is. It really it is. is. This has got an outstanding, and and I I don't think I've tasted a spirit that has this. Well, nose, taste, one body, of the, and finish. The one of the things about Great. scotch, I think, where they hurt themselves, it's just my opinion, is they consistently can use used barrels, which dilutes barrel taste, where bourbon gets that bigger, because it's got to be new. Right. And you're in a new, toasted, char, one barrel. Let me digress for a minute. Okay, scotch whiskey as it was originally called before we Americans called it Scotch whiskey, <laughs> was made long before the United States was a country. What did they do for barrels before? They kept using them over. Yeah. They, they Because back then, to make a barrel, when you're talking like a thousand years, what was it, 600 years ago, I think the, the, the earliest, 1400s, 1400s yeah. it's like to make a barrel and make it waterproof was a bitch. Yeah, bourbon industry started doing it and not reusing the barrels. They jumped all over. Well, remember, the reason why there were so many oak barrels was because of the gasoline was supposed to go into oak barrels, and they discovered plastic. So they had millions of oak barrels laying around. So yeah, that's why they made that mandatory. Because up until then. Up until they made it mandatory, Bill, you could put it in a used oak barrel or or That's whatever Bill, the I'm what Xavier. Xavier, sorry. <laughs> you could put it in a, a used Nobody it, knows my There were no rules until 1964. <laughs> you could you could use the barrel over. No yeah. one was no one gave a shit before that. So what do we got here? So you guys have already tried this prior, but I'll put it out here for the show. Okay, so we're we're this, full circle now. This is what we're releasing today. I still, Wonderful. I, I'm I, here for that. I still have two other things over there that you guys can try if you want. I have a gin and an absinthe for you, but I figure we'll hit all the whiskeys first. Well, <laughs> I, I think we could finish up with a little absinthe. Well, uh, I, if I do gin, when I go out there, I mean, I have to yeah, try it at home. Miss, I'm gonna, we're, when this ends, we're going to give it some time yeah. and then whatever. But there was, you guys have some nice distillers out there. I mean, yeah. this is going to be pretty I, I cool. What, I have, I am, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I am completely blown away <laughs> by what you're producing here. Nice. This is just unbelievable. But, but, I, but so good. You would think that you've been in the industry for 30 years or 40 years. I've been doing it for 20 years. Well, yeah, <laughs> but just remember. No, I think you would be doing it at the craft level for this long. There isn't there is no bad product here. I mean, this is all Good. stuff that you would so, want to shell out. You'd want to peel $30, $40, $50, 60 for and buy. This is really good stuff. Yeah. We're really delaying you. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, so this is what we're releasing today. This is our distiller's blend. So it's our, an extension of our Rubicon Creek line. So we took two barrels of our standard Rubicon Creek and two barrels of what would have been Miami Valley Rye. And we finished them in four Colombian rum barrels. Nice. And, and then we wow. took the barrels and blended them together for a hundred wow. proof blend. And what does that retail for? Fifty-seven fifty. Fifty-seven fifty outdoor. And and you guys, anybody in the Dayton area 
has to come down and visit the Dayton Barrel Works because uh, what you have on the shelf already is good. What's coming to the shelf is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to everything that 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 you're doing. I mean, honestly, um, we started with this. There, there's a little now. I'm picking up a little char now. You, know change. I mean? you guys have already went through quite a few, few well, changes. So but but, but what? Change. Yeah, <laughs> and your and what you're doing on your younger whiskey, which we went through the full yeah. gamut, is really it's already really sweet. What I'm enjoying right now is you can really get a good nose on this. I was having trouble earlier because of all the anise and fennel for the for the absinthe. And uh, not not that there's anything wrong with absinthe. We're all over absinthe, aren't we? But, it, but it's a whiskey. We were, day. yes. We were, no, we still are. It's a whiskey day. Yeah, uh, we have absinthe fountains and the spoons and yeah. everything. And it, we had we, we actually do full service first full service here in the no, uh, pocket bar. I, I, we have love it. I mean, it, it's complete open. Which culture, which which love, you know, it's great. I mean, uh, <laughs> dude, what you guys did? What explain the Florida? What, which you and Alan? Oh, so uh, we did distill. We have we have an absinthe that we do here for us, Dayton Barrel Works. It's a Swiss style. Uh, it's 120 proof and it's a or it's a blanche, so it's clear. Then we also have for Key West uh, Trading Company, Alan consulted uh, and did recipe development on a traditional French style, something that. Uh, was closer to what Hemingway would have been drinking around Key West in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, what what yeah, what yeah. they were what very the, heavy. Uh, what they were. Yeah. Yeah. When that the the traditional French styles, they're really heavy, a lot of wormwood, a lot of that uh, heavy green anise and fennel, and they're normally uh, they're normally verdes. You normally gotta hear a green. story. This is gonna take a minute. <laughs> we don't okay. got that many minutes, so make it fast. <laughs> okay. When. When Tiny and I were in New Orleans in 2010, big absinthe thing. Uh, we, we, the only thing that we heard about absinthe was on the History Span, uh, History Channel specials, and we were like, we need to try this. You know, and, but we, but, you know, it was not like number one bucket list item. But we're walking down Bourbon Street, and all of a sudden, on the left, we see John, the old absinthe house on the foot. So, so we have to go there, yeah. and and this 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 uh, venue. Was allegedly the point, the place where, you, if you, his, his experts, where, where uh, acting general Andrew Jackson made a deal with the pirate Jean Lafitte to support him and get powder to him in preparation for repelling the British during the Battle of New Orleans in late December and early January uh, 1814 to 1815. Now, we know that the Treaty of Ghent ended up being signed in in, 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 in in 1814, but of course the news didn't travel, so there were still uh, a state of war. They were still belligerents belligerents at that time. That, that's how you say it when you've had all these shots of <laughs> belligerence. Yes. And, and yeah, get the absinthe so, while you know, you're they licking. Served us, they served us absinthe. We wanted to get a drink of absinthe. Oh, and yeah. we drank brings it. Out it was like, oh my God. The glasses. This beautiful Dayton barrel works. She wasn't with us. And she says, Xavier. Actually, she said Bill, but everybody thinks I'm Xavier. <laughs> Xavier, how are you doing? And I looked at her and I said, I am flying. <laughs> I mean, at that point in time, they could have been nailing my foot to the it floor, was, and as long as they kept the absinthe flowing, 
I don't care. And that was that Jade, that was Jade Nouveau Orleans is what we were drinking. Oh, yeah. yeah, which Jade's was good, uh, which it was good was stuff. The stuff that you know came right out and of France. And they did the Bohemian style. They didn't do the absinthe fountain. They did it to where you basically are making a Molotov cocktail on top of the bar. She lit it, it on fire. The absinthe on top of the sugar cube and burning it, uh, and then you douse so it that with makes water. Me sad when they burn it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's it's good. And we drank that, and it's like, okay, this is good. Now walking back to the hotel up Bourbon Street, I absolutely felt like a float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. She's holding on to me, and I can't feel my feet hitting the ground. Now, I knew nothing about absinthe, and I found out, you know, the, the, the story is everybody thought absinthe, because it has a chemical structure similar to tetrahydrocannabinol, it is not a cannabis, okay? But, however, I found out that it contains... The wormwood contains stusium, which is not a hallucinogen. However, it is a neurotoxin. <laughs> and I was saying to Karen, I said, I feel like I've had, and this is before I knew this, I said, I feel like I've had, I was in a car accident, a fairly serious car accident back almost 40 years ago, and they shot me up with Vistaril to kill the pain. I said, I feel like I've had that Vistaril. I don't feel anything. I did not know that at the time. And I started researching it and found out that Thujone is Vistaril. So I've already taken too long on that explanation. Yes, but we were but that's both, my relation to Absol. We both had it, and then we went back with our wives, and the next morning we both looked at each other and what, said, what the fuck this was is that? This adult that is, right? Yes. Here's where where does it they, come you know, from? You've heard the phrase, absent, absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> well, those that are familiar with the spirit absent, it is, it is it. they say, absent <laughs> makes the tart go longer. Yes, but and my question does. But, but my question is, what herbals in absinthe are like, you know, oh, Viagra. I mean, where does that come? I understand it's a French style absinthe, okay? Like you said, what you're, you guys are doing well, for now. Yeah, ours is the but, uh, Swiss, but we do have the French style for I'm, Key West. Yes, but what for Key West is... I, I'm here to say, now, I've never done funny mushrooms or absinthe or, or acid, but like when we were sitting in his backyard doing it, there was wind blowing through this oak tree. <laughs> And the way the leaves were blowing, after we had a couple shots of absinthe in this, actually we're doing a couple drinks after absinthe uh, cocktails. That looked like a waterfall coming down those oak leaves, yeah. the way they were blowing in the wind. And the colors, like there was anything that was orange, his grill color was blue. It looked like freaking nuclear blue but after what, he did but it. But what is the... Af the aphrodisiac because the French were using that the French were using that for the parties and it was 100% based well, off of the orgies in 1960s there was a blight that killed the no we know why and, and they started making absinthe yeah. because of the, 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 the failure of the grape crop and then once the grape crop were closed yeah, it, it needed to be illegal but do, do you know I mean, what, what, what organic thing. thing you're adding that makes it an aphrodisiac? I mean, yeah, that, I mean that, that is it, or is it just through zone? Now, have you had any experiences with your fiance with that, <laughs> that it actually does that? Because that night in, in New Orleans was insane. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't had that uh, that uh, happen with me, but uh, everybody's different. Like yep, there you go. I, I gotta tell you, absinthe is just unbelievable. So there's always a, a warm spot Are in we our heart for absinthe. So we're gonna do, do that. that if you put a little water in there, it does open up. Ours is pretty light for style, so it doesn't really lose very much. Uh, 
Now the one we do for Key West, theirs being a really heavy traditional French oh, yeah. style, theirs will lose insanely. Uh, and I got all the, the fun of doing that. With Is this 120? Yeah, now see, 120 usually would be a lot, but we, like we were doing 150, 170, yeah. Right. That, no, this is like there. drinking Booker's. The uh, the uh, one we do for Key West, his is bottled at 140. Okay, so that's an absent superior. Okay. Just, just no. different, different levels in production. Delicious. It's light for style, but it's a good entry level absinthe. Okay, people. so this is you know I love black licorice. When you add water to it, it loses, which is it gets a little bit of a cloudy right. appearance to it, and just say no, luge is French for cloudy. So. Uh, when you guys are sampling that real quick, I'm going to grab a sample that I had from the Key West one and let you guys try oh that. Oh, you have the Key West? Yeah. Jeff? I'll, give, I'll let you guys give a, get a sample. You got an extra bottle that I can buy? Here's your black jelly beans. Of course. This is delicious. All right. We're on. Yes. He's getting that we'll finish that up, that Key West, and we'll go from there. For you listeners, this is probably the most epic tasting we've ever had, at least as far as what I've been involved. As far as Xavier's been. But no, it is. But I I didn't expect... Oh my God, I love the bottle. Hold the bottle up for those YouTubers. That artist... Designed one of the fucking coolest. Yeah, whoever designed I'm an, uh, I would, a great job. Now, now I I'm an artist, yeah, and I so yeah, if you're ever interested French. in bottle label, I'll give you this if you ever need some bottle label design, I can do it. Back in the day, I could keep up with you. <laughs> On this, I can't. Uh, uh, I can I make. This is called this is called death in the afternoon. Well, we're headed that direction, my friend. <laughs> it's only 1236. We're not headed we'll back till around 4 or 5. We'll give you guys okay. a little, little pour of this one, and uh, then we'll go out to the event. <laughs> what event? <laughs> I thought this, this was, was the, the event. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Just so you know, that your absinthe is spot on. Primo. For it, it, the licorice... Aspect. This is like chewing black jelly beans. And, and yeah. it's unbelievably good. It's exactly what I want. That's what I love about absinthe. No, that's kind of all over really, this really light compared to this one. No, give me just a little because I'd rather it's taste some. So yeah, 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 just a little just enough. Let, let, uh, good. Let uh, Tiny chase the green. No, 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 no. Pour that out and get that. <laughs> I don't want to pour no, this no, out. No, 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 no. Really it's good, but pour that out, dude. <laughs> You need to test. Fuck you, Tiny. I'm no, this is Alan and him together. So Alan got the part of doing, dealing with the recipe development, and then I got the not so fantastic. Look at that lunch. Yeah, I got the Fuck not so yeah. fun part of bringing Alan's the three gallon test batch up to two hundred twenty five gallons commercially. Okay. Yeah, that, no, that, no, that, that I was, get it. That was entertaining. But this is this is this is two master distillers just going insane right here. What the hell? That's good. Don't yeah. Now pour some water in it to get the loose. I don't Look. want to be able to. And we don't have All any right. sugar cubes, my friend. You didn't need sugar what for yours. Hell? Where's our absinthe spoon and sugar cubes? No, 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 no. Just pour it in. Sugar cubes. That's how you Bill, say it when you're Bill, take it to there. Look, just pour it in and take it to there. <laughs> All right, Tiny. Good luck. My still... name is Xavier. That's Bill. Christ, I'm plowed. See, <laughs> see, it gets way better the more you give us. Forgive my stern. And you notice he wasn't tricking along with us because he's got to go out go there. there. <laughs> now that's a luge, folks. This is what it looks like. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. This is this is fantastic. There's no sugar in it at all. 
I think you put a sugar cube, out. you put a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this has got sugar in it. Uh, I, you know what? Thank you. Because when you guys did this, and I kept seeing oh, yeah. that floor, what, what's the name of the just the the place that sells uh, Key it? Key West Trading Company. Key West, yeah. They're they're showing that label, and I'm thinking about how cool that label is, and I'm like, oh, I want to do great. this, and you just let me. <laughs> thank you. I'm you let me. It's probably 45 years since I've had a fire stoked like this at 12:30. <laughs> Five on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's good. But you've done stoked. it. Congratulations. Now, what what are what are we looking for out there? Is there food? Uh, there is charcuterie uh, set up oh, over charcuterie. here, and then there, I believe, a local barbecue sauce company is setting up down here too because they teamed up with us this year. They they do a limited edition barbecue sauce every year, and it's uh, our bourbon and their bourbon barbecue sauce. Nice oh, bourbon barbecue. So. so we we make scotchy bourbon balls, okay? And me and my wife. So there will be a shipment and to you. Balls, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and we were we were trying to get it done, but like I said, with four grandchildren, and you're trying to do an alcohol based thing, it just didn't happen. She has a friend that ordered some, and she's like, "We'll do it," and I'm like, "You ain't doing it. There's no way. This is hell." But <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you guys seem to like everything, and. I think for us just being starting out last year, we've really just hit our one-year anniversary of having everything fully open down here. I think we've been putting out some good products, both sourced and what we've done here. We did you know, the absinthe for Key West, the absinthe for us, the gin and vodka for us, and we've been laying down good barrels. We've been sourcing some really good products. Uh, I think I, 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 I want to say something to everybody, to all of our listeners. You know, if you're like me, you're it's instilled in your brain that good bourbon can only come from Kentucky, okay? Well, you have just crushed that stereotype. There is nothing we've had here that is less than a, an A, a 95. Okay? But, but some of it's better than others. That means it's a 99 or a 100 as compared to a 95. 100. You cannot go wrong with the offerings and all the different expressions that Dayton Barrel Works has. This but, is incredible. but Bill, it, it's your palate, okay? Once again... That the seven-year weeded bourbon, you know, what, what initially went out was good, but that eight-year barrel went to a level where I, I, it's like your palate. Now, some people, you know, don't, you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's just a personal preference, but your palate is straight up what most people like about bourbon, okay? Yeah, but you're also the, the weeded oat it's just a like a, an experience that's just at the the next level but once again it, you're just like watershed you get air in there and you have endemic and they they change because they understand what people are looking for but they also understand what good bourbon what good whiskey I mean bourbon chino Right. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Get for your musical entertainment, Jackson Brown. Yeah, that guy's voice sounds just like Jackson Brown. <laughs> Here we go. But, but, church, church, but. From what I could tell at Gervasi, I wasn't worried when I was coming down here because I know you know good bourbon. You were taught by the best, one of the best moonshiners ever, and that's the, and to make moonshine is a step close. The aging process is gone. You're making something you have to make good and taste good right away. And that is a skill. And then you apply it to aging. 
and you've got it. And I, like I said, when we were coming down, I'm like, I'm not worried. It's going to be good because you just have a good palate and you're not going to. It's like, I'm sure you have to fight <laughs> because they want to get it. It's already good. And you, but, but once again, just imagine what that would be at eight years. And, but at four years, you're going to release some, but you're going to hold on to oh, some. Yeah, at the same. But at a craft distillery, you can do that. Yeah. Whereas at a major distiller, they're just going to hammer the hell out of you because it's all about making money. So, you know, either way, I just think uh, what you guys are doing here, I'm glad that we could finally meet. Uh, thank you for your time. No problem. We really appreciate what Hope you've you guys done. Enjoy the event out here. Thank you for your yeah, time. Yeah, we, we will for sure. We got our, our bands, and I'm sure they're looking for you, so... Okay. Uh, <laughs> we got to work. Yeah. This wasn't work. It was this fun. Oh, yeah. No. Thank, okay. Thank you for all your time. No problem. Yeah. You have thank you. a magnificent oh. product line here. Thank you. I'm okay. glad you guys like what we've been laying down. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that malt whiskey and the beer. Oh, yeah. The, the malt whiskey. Yes. Even the, now, even the rye was good. Do you do anything special to your water before you... No, actually, uh, Dayton has a really good water anyway. Well, so when, they do. When it comes in, we run it through uh, carbon filtration and then uh, basically just a dechlorination. Uh, it's pretty pretty basic. <laughs> basically, you know, the, 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 the selling point of Kentucky bourbon, especially if it's made limestone in water. Nelson or Bourbon counties, is limestone water. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, you guys have come... Extremely close, if not have exactly you, matched. Have, it. have yeah. you paid attention to Canton, Ohio, spring water up by the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Canton was it, terrible. Was it somebody who had to distill in Canton? No, no, Canton was no. Terrible. it wasn't always that way. <laughs> Growing up, Canton water did not have the chlorine taste. It did not taste like you were drinking out of a very It's hard to distill with. It was one of the freshest. <laughs> Best water you Well, there's tap water. But in the last 20 to 30 years, it's changed. But that spring water coming straight out of the, the spring from... It, it's a limestone... You look at the river right there, and it's a limestone spring. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. I mean, it just comes... It, it's everywhere, so... <laughs> but like you said, you do the filter process, and then once you have a good, good drinkable water... Right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. All right. Bill... I mean, for you to give us time on a day like this, we greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you it's for... It's so nice to meet you, and thank you for all your time. Yep. We'll all see right. you out here on the floor. Yep. And, and all out your there. booze. It's fantastic. All yeah. right. We'll, we'll see you out there. No problem. All right. Thanks. Thank uh, you. All right, man. That was... Uh, Fantastic podcast. Uh, we had a we had a blast. Tasted that, some that, that damn good whiskey. Outstanding. And uh, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Watershed Distillery, uh, Ann Dimmick, Aaron Harris. Uh, we brought brought in uh, Greg Lehman. We brought you up a bunch of times because we think what's happening at the Dayton Barrel Works is just as good as what ha- what's happening at the Watershed Distillery. Definitely. So. Remember, uh, Watershed Distilleries, Ohio's largest uh, uh, distributor of uh, bourbon in uh, Ohio. And uh, remember also that if you want to go and check out the Watershed Distillery restaurant and uh, if you want a tour or tasting, go to watersheddistillery.com. Remember to drink responsibly. And then also, uh, our sponsor, Logstill Distillery, uh, Lynn 
Wally and Charlie Dant are doing a fantastic job down in Gethsemane, Kentucky. Uh, they have Dant Crossing with bed and breakfast, places to stay. They've got a lake. They've got uh, they've got a event center being uh, built at this moment, and then also the water sh- the log still distillery. Uh, distillery is being built. It's got to be really getting close. We were down there in September. And if you want to do a tour or tasting, visit logstilldistillery.com. So that's another episode of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. And thank you everyone for joining us. We realize you have a lot of demands on your time. We greatly appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you so much. Remember, Good bourbon, as we were drinking, and whiskey equals good times and good friends, and go out there and live dangerously, my friends.